Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cole, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to GetHHM.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking and today's very special guest, Mr. Billy Alvaro, the unstoppable VA. And, you know, Billy holds a little special place in our heart because we get to hang out with his podcast, Unstoppable REI Wealth. And uh, it is an amazing podcast for anybody out there interested in the real estate uh, environment. Head on over Unstoppable REI Wealth and any of your podcasting platforms. Now, funny story about Billy. He is a person that we get to talk about the story where he went flat broke, fourteen million in debt. That's not flat broke. That's like minus broke. <laughs> and so much more from the mortgage industry when it crashed, and now. He is killing it, doing deals all day long. I think I saw somewhere over 1,500 deals uh, that you've done over the past. I, I forget exactly what the number was, but Billy, man, I, I love what you do. I love the, the work you you uh, put out there and how you go about your business every day. So thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. Carter and Cool, it's a pleasure being here. And, and listen, before we start, shout out to the both of you guys. I found you accidentally online when I was going through this whole podcast thing, and I'm not getting paid for this, but working with both of you, the professionalism and the system that you guys had to launch the podcast, you guys killed it. I appreciate it, and what you're doing for me now with the whole podcast thing and my videos, it's like you two guys are two very special people. I can't wait to get out of virtual land and hang out with you guys personally because it's like you're my type of people. Ah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's funny because I think what really got me hooked into like really wanting to do real estate is when you went to Costa Rica for a month and you did everything virtual. But before we get into that, like I was like, I got to ask him about that, but we will. But before we get started, why don't you give a little backstory about who is the BA here? Yeah. So the Unstoppable BA, uh, that's my name and I live it every day. I am a guy who has a passion for real estate. I have a passion for helping people. I just love growing and I love making shit happen. And I found my calling in this real estate market. I've been involved with real estate since I think I was like 19, 20 years old when I bought my first house, about 19 or 20, but I've had a passion for it since I was about 13 or 14 years old. I always knew I was gonna do it, but it took me some years to get it going. And then once I got out of my last life, which was the mortgage business, that whole thing crumbled, I was $14 million in debt, I had to reinvent myself. And I had an epiphany. It was July 4th, 2009 and Independence Day. And it was my rebirth. And I figured out that this was the path I was going to go on. And I had no money, had no job, had no credit. And I was close to $14 million in debt. So all that on my back. But I still had the desire and I knew what I wanted to do. I just didn't know the how. And that's the important thing I tell a lot of people. Like You don't have to know how to do things. You just have to, have to bring desire for what you want to do. And that how eventually over time is going to come. And for me, it came. But it took a lot of self-study, a lot of coaching, a lot of mentoring, and just absorbing. But the key thing is a lot of guys and girls out there that want to get into any type of business, they want to do it. They start going out and they're learning everything, but they don't actually apply what they're freaking learning. Mm -hmm. So they get stuck in this dog chasing the tails, spinning around, and they're like, it's not working. I need more information and more information. Listen, you don't need more information. What you need is to pull your big boy pants up and start making action starts making something happen. You're going to fail. You're going to screw up. Things are going to go wrong. But 
you'll learn what not to do and you'll be on the right track eventually. I love that. And, and you talk about that so much on your show. You, like, you, you're like, I don't care if you listen to this, but you take one thing, like just take one thing and then go put it into play. And, and every time you, you are given those tips and tricks on your show, even from your, your, your guests that come on, you, you definitely, you, you keep preaching, go take some massive freaking action people. Yeah, MFA, MFA. <laughs> I mean, and look, you know, I, I get, it's like, I had a couple of people tell me, well, what happens if I'm not in a position where I just, I'm not mentally there. I have a lot of stress on my shoulders and I'm going through a tough time. Listen, Overnight, you're not going to be a success. Overnight, you're not going to be able to start taking MFA, but it starts with taking little moves on a daily basis, little consistent active moves that you start to do on a daily. And when you do that, you start to get momentum. And then over time, that momentum becomes MFA, massive freaking action, where you're able to just implement like a beast and perpetually you just start getting better at what you're doing. Yeah. I think it's it's funny. So I got to tell this is like opening the curtains here for a second. <laughs> You're one of the few podcasts that Corey and I will fight over who's going to edit. So Corey was editing for a while, and then then I would listen to it, and then I started editing for a while, and he's like, "Uh, what's going on in Billy's show?" I, I miss I missed listening to Billy's show and and Corey. editing it. And I was like, "You can listen to it on the podcast platform, of Corey." There's always that behind the scenes shit though, right? Right. <laughs> no, but but the amount the amount of information you you give freely on your show, it's unbelievable. I mean, we tell people all the time, give without expecting something in return. Yeah. And guess what will happen? You'll get something in return because the universe will conspire to give that to you. You do that, man. Like you have your billysecrets.com that there's so much stuff that people can just go there, but if yeah. they don't implement it, it's useless. It's useless. It's just useless. I mean, it's like, it's like Google. I mean, you could Google anything and find out anything about anything. It's what you do with that information. And we're not no longer in the information age. Like we're in the information overload age. Right. So in order to get yourself to the next level with anything, look, you have to learn, you have to read, you have to study. But when you're doing it, I found that if you actually implement as you learn, you get to where you want to go a whole lot faster. If you constantly just absorb and bring it in, and you, for me at least, because I did that years back, you just become a, a like a wealth of information, but you're not doing anything with it. And then you forget half the stuff you learn because you have to relearn it. So if you learn and do, learn and do, it's almost like learn and teach. Learn something, teach it, you absorb it even further. And so that's the what I've been practicing for the last 10, 15 years of my life. And it works. It works for me because I know it works for other successful people. So when I see something working, I just implement it, and then the magic happens. Shit right. happens. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So you you made a, a crucial uh, adjustment, uh, if I remember correctly, around the time the pandemic hit uh, last year, um, and and I forget exactly what that was. The where, but you you were running ads. You were doing one play for your marketing to get leads, and then all of a sudden you were no longer being even. You were no longer. Uh, making making the money on it that you were, and uh, so you had to make this massive shift. and And I just kind of want to hear that story here because I love the flexibility, the adaptability that occurred from that uh, to keep your business moving forward. And then I almost I feel like if I remember correctly, you you were working less before the pandemic to yeah. all of a sudden you're putting in monster days after that, uh, yeah. and and uh, you know just hitting the road, hitting the gas uh, on everything. So it's a great question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain what went on. So pre-pandemic for a good solid three years, right? The business I set this business up so it can run without me. I wanted a self-sufficient business, not have me have to be there every single day. And it took me about five six years to get to that point. And then when I was at that point, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Like I could have the business serve me now, and I did just that. I was I was I'm always a worker. Like I'm always doing something. But in that particular business with Easy Sell. It was maybe four, five, six hours a week. At most, I was working 10 to 12 hours a week in the business because I had multiple meetings. That was it. Three years that went on, and I was enjoying life and loving things. And I wasn't, I didn't have my foot on the gas pedal when I was really hyper growing the business because I was comfortable. I wanted to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Pandemic hit. I went right back to 2006 when I when I lost the business. If I would have done things differently back then, took MFA, made decisions hard and quick 
cut the fat really freaking fast, I would have still had the mortgage bank. Unfortunately, I didn't do that, so I learned. When the pandemic hit this time around, I went into like war zone mode. I locked myself in my home, home office for two days, and I just went through the P&L and started cutting out every single line item I didn't need, put pauses on things that I didn't need but that I wasn't going to pay right now, made arrangements with every single vendor I had out there. And we, I cut over $72,000 a month overnight. And I shut my office down. We went virtual. I didn't think we were going to go virtually 100%. We stayed virtual until like June. And that was what, three and a half, four months? And I said, well, maybe three months. And I said, you know, this is working virtually. I don't, I never saw myself without, without an office. What am I going to do to get myself back into this game and not, I mean, get back into this game and live in New Jersey while having the office in New York? And I said, you know what? I'm going to shut the office, keep it shut down, go virtual. I, I surveyed all my, all my employees and all of them across the board said, we're more, we're working better, working from home. We're more productive. And so to lead up to your question about the marketing piece, pre-pandemic, we were putting out $70,000 a month on marketing, 120,000 postcards a month, TV, ads, radio show, Google pay-per-click, Facebook, door knocking, telemarketing. Like we had a an army of marketing because you'll hear on my show, marketing is the lifeblood of every business. But when the pandemic hit, I didn't think we were going to have the times we're having now, which were booming. I went and said, holy shit, this is going to be the next downturn. So I, New York got shut down, so did Jersey. So I put a complete stop on all my marketing for a solid five months, March, May, July, August, maybe till August. But we still drove in business because we had a database filled with leads that we were bringing in over the course of like 10 years. So instead of us not doing anything, we just went back into the database and did database mining. And from that, we sustained the business. We didn't nearly do as many deals as we did when we were marketing, but we sustained and I realized, and my team realized, we don't need nearly as much marketing as we thought we did mm. to drive the business forward. You still need the market, but you need to be wise with your marketing dollars. So what we did is we did a reversal. We're spending a fraction of the money up front to drive in new leads, and we've expanded the back office. For when leads come in, we have heavy-duty marketing on the back end, remarketing the clients already called in. In March, I think I posted it, we did 22 deals in March. In April, we brought in 18 deals, and now this is at a fraction of the money we were spending past pandemic, pre-pandemic. Oh my gosh, yeah. I I think that's amazing how you. I mean, one the one thing I've learned just from listening to your show and, and knowing you is that the massive freaking action. Like, I love it, and and you you live that right. I know you'll spin and on a top of a dime and run yeah. the other way. What the other piece that I want to touch on, cause I absolutely love it is you name your projects. I think that's cool. Not only for you to like keep it in, you know, track since there's 22 things, but your teams, you can go, how's the London bridge house going? Yes. Right? That's, that's awesome. It, or, the, or, you know, how do you come up with these names? It's, it's funny you said that because I only started doing that about eight weeks ago. Really? And I love it. Only about eight weeks ago. And I said, you know, I want to start naming. I want to start naming the houses. And I want people. And now what I'm getting, the funny thing is, I have people hitting me on social media, DMing me, PMing me, texting me. And they're like, yo, what's up with the Meathead house? What's The double deck of Pekka Rekka house. What's going on with that? They, they're all like, I feel like I'm part of the process. And I yes. want to see what's going on with the next step. So now I realized Naming a house, and I got to be honest with you, I got this from watching Donald Trump. Every time Donald Trump, this is this is funny. Every time this guy would get up, he would name somebody on the opposite side. He would give them a name, a very distinctive name, and he would say that name five, ten, twenty times. Pocahontas, ah, Pocahontas. You know who Pocahontas is? He would uh. name all the people on the other side. So I'm like, and it would stick in people's heads, whether they liked Trump or not. Right. Always stuck in their heads what he was saying about the other people. So I said, you know what? Let me start naming my houses. Who cares about the Beechwood house and the Marlboro house? Let's get these houses unique names, something that it represents the house, something funny. And I got to tell you, it's been taken off. People love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when you're getting people invested in the journey, A, uh -huh. maybe they're watching, maybe they're the lurkers that aren't ready to do business yet, but yep. now they're invested in what's going on. So when they are ready, 
like it's never going to be a question of who they're going to enlist to get help with, right? Like it's going to be the person that they've been following on the story for the London Bridge house or whatever home yep. that comes in, right? Uh, so yeah, I love that. And uh, I, I definitely, uh, taking people on that the journey is, is so cool. Yeah, and, and bringing them along with you, it, it gets them involved. And they actually then when you are posting stories, it gets them to want to watch because I'll put a little blurb. You know, the Meathead House update, London Bridge House update. Yeah, I've been watching And they see the progress and they're like, holy shit, like I'm understanding what you're doing because everybody, I've got hit across the board. They're like, dude, why did you buy that London Bridge House? That is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I, you got to have vision. Right. I see what this house is going to look like. I've loved, loved, loved watching your projects come together because yeah, they're, they're freaking night and day. They're yeah. night and, day. and and we could talk projects all day long. We could talk about how you're making money. I want to talk about something that's unique. I feel in your realm of business, I think to you, and, and this is where you're doing JV partners with people, but you don't do it to hurt them or screw them. You're doing it truly to help them. And you truly, truly want to help every single person that you're you're working with and you give them options and you're like, hey, this might work, this might not work. One story that really resonated was, uh, I think the parents died, you had him on your show and he wasn't sure he was gonna go with you and you went over and above and you're like, hey, I don't even know where we're gonna end up, but we're gonna make sure we get this guy what we said we would do, period, end of story. And you ended up giving getting him more. So obviously you were happy, he was happy. Everyone was happy. And the people that bought their house was happy as well, because now, if I remember correctly, his daughter has kids in the same neighborhood and the family that bought their house is a family with kids. So it was important to him that he sold it the right way. And, yeah. and so I just want people to really understand, you know, it's not all about money with Billy. He really, truly cares for people and wants to help people in whatever situation they happen to be in. It's it's got to, and I'm glad you brought it up, Ron, because I get this a lot when I post on social media. I get a lot from realtors where they're like, "You should be discussing with yourself buying somebody's house like that. They can listen on the open market, get so much more." And I'm like, "They could." And guess what? I tell them, "You should list your property on the open market. You'll get so much more." Like we bought a house around the corner here in Marlboro, where I live, and and this lady came off of a sign. She called up, we got the lead in, and this is when I was first training the call. So I was going on appointments, which was kind of cool because I've been out of the game for so long. I haven't gone on appointments because I've been like running the business. Right. And so when we went there, Nicole's like, she has an offer for 275 and the person's getting a mortgage. And I'm like, we're never going to be anywhere close to that. She should take the 275. I went out to the house and I have a thing. When I go to somebody, it's all about no like and trust. I don't care what business you're in, what you're selling, what you're buying, even doing business with you guys. No like and trust. If I didn't like you guys, I would not be doing business with you. You gotta like the people you're doing business with. Right. Or the house, I'll make a long story short. We're in there an hour and a half. We they showed us the property, they showed us everything. We went through the whole nine yards. I didn't talk about a number not one time. 90 minutes in, she's like, What do you think? I go, I'm gonna treat you guys, because they were a little bit older than me, not much. So I wasn't gonna call my mom and dad. I said, I'm gonna treat you guys like my brother and sister. If you were coming to me for advice, I would tell you, you have an offer for $275,000. It's a great offer. I would take the offer if I was you. Let me just take you through the, the challenges and the steps you're going to have to go through in order to make this offer come to fruition. And I didn't lie or miss. I just told them the process they were going to go through, the inspections with the town, getting a mortgage, all the stuff that he knew was wrong with the property. He said, you're going to have to fix this because in Jersey, you have to do a, a CO inspection before it. So I just laid everything out. Didn't give him an offer. They said, if you did buy it, what would it be? I go, I don't even want, you're going to smack me if I give it to you offer. She goes, what would it be like? It's going to be about $200,000, $75,000 less than what she had and the offer from the person down the road. Now, I, I'm being like transparent. Take right. the offer. Right. Let us think about it. She called us up that night. We left. She called us up. I'm like, I go, I think she's going to take the offer. She ended up coming back and she took the offer $202,500. This is a woman who had a valid offer to $275,000, but why? It wasn't because I was lying or mistreating it's because i was fully freaking transparent i told her all the pros and all the cons and then i let her make the decision for herself what is best for you 
and your husband. They wanted a quick sale. They didn't want any hassles with anything. They didn't want the house being shown. They had a, a laundry list of things that it fit my criteria. If they went the other way, they were going to have to deal with all the BS and fix the property and deal with the town and the CMO. So, you know, look, it, we're, we always, the rule in our business is when you meet somebody, put them in a better situation than when you, when you left them. And if that means sending them a referral to an attorney or giving them a referral for a realtor or us buying a house, whatever it is, leave them in a better position. And 99.99% of the cases, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, I love that. And it's so much so you, you, just mentioned their whole referral piece. Like you, you have a very unique thing that uh, I think Ron and I are, we, we really started copying a little bit, but your billysecrets.com. It's any of your guests when they have stuff, like you put it there, right? All the stuff, all your free stuff you, you put there. Right. And, and so it's, it makes it easy for anybody listening to find it makes it easy that you can, it's just one link. And I remember Ron and I, like our first hundred episodes, every show had a different place for people to go to get the cool thing that they could have heard. Yep. And, uh, and, and, but you're out there just trying to help uh, and, and provide that stuff. So to walk us through Billy's secrets a little bit. And yeah. What, so what was before, before I had the podcast before doing any of this, the podcast, again, it's been such a blessing. It's opened up more doors for me with many different solid quality people. And it's because you guys helped me out launching it. So again, oh. thank you. Um, but the Billy Secrets thing, you know, I would get phone calls and I would get emails and text messages and just random people. Sometimes they were friends. Sometimes I had no idea. Like, how do, who do you have for this? I need somebody to do my marketing. I need a, a list source. How do, who do you use to run your comps? Um, you know, what system do you use for this? And I'm like, you know what? I can't do it anymore because I have to go on my phone. I have to look for who that person is. Then I have to copy it, send it over. And it's not that they don't want to help, but. You know, if you do that two or three times a day, five, 10 minutes, it just eats up your time. I said to my assistant, I'm done. I want to be able to serve, but I want to be able to do it on my terms. Put up Billy's secrets, every friggin' secret I have, every tool, every trick, every system, every whatever it is, dump it on there. And when we have a new one, put it on, give the link to the people when they call in. If somebody emails me, I have an autoresponder, it goes right back out. Hey, because I have different emails. Go to Billy's Secrets if you want to learn about XYZ. If they call me, I send them over my assistant. Oh, yeah, I think he has it on Billy's Secrets. So it just make, brings everything in nice and nice and simple because I like simple. Go to Billy's Secrets. Any tool I use, and if I talk about it on the podcast, I don't have to remember what the URL is. Oh, go to Billy's Secrets. Just look at Deal Finder. Go to Billy's Secrets. Look at the MLS comp, comp map. Go, look, it's, it's just easy, man. It just keeps it simple, easy. Everybody knows where to go. Go to Billy's Secrets. You'll find out all my secrets that I use, my tools, my tips, my tricks, everything inside the business. And those that my guests use, because I have a lot of guests who have some killer freaking programs. You know, I had guys on that just are knocking it out of the park with certain things. And instead of having it all over the place in 50 different spots like you guys were doing, one spot, easy, keep it simple. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and we loved it. We loved it. Uh, so much so, um, we're not going to give it away. There's a surprise coming for you. I think I've teased it to you. <laughs> but, but we loved it so much that that we've we've implemented it for our own stuff. It's like, because the other piece it does, it gets the people that you're serving to know, like, and trust you even more. Yeah. Because you're the person that's categorizing it, making sure it's easy to find. Yep. They don't have to go search it. You know, anytime, like Google. I love Google, but every time I'm sick, if I Google what it is, I'm dying. Like I'm going to be dead pretty soon. So my wife's like, why even bother? And I go, I Googled it. I'm going to be dying soon. So we should go upstairs for like 10 minutes. <laughs> she's going to get mad if she's listening to that. Sorry. Honey. <laughs> but no, I, I think, again, it goes back to you wanting to serve people and you wanting to help people and get them in that better spot, you know? So listening to your show and how you're able to do things you're always innovating like for I don't, I don't know a ton of people in real estate i know maybe five and none of them are innovating especially in this time one guy goes oh i went to paris for a month and a half i go what i mean great you went to paris for a month, month and a half that did nothing for your business like now you're so far behind yeah like for you to go okay i've been here before I'm going to sit down. I'm going to lock myself in. I know what to do. I'm going to just pound. 
and you'll get back out of it. But what's cool, and hopefully the listeners are listening to this, you found better processes that work better for your team. So in the long run, they're going to provide more value to your company and your customers because you provided value to them by letting them work from home that they said, hey, it's working. It's working. And I'm sure one helps with overhead. And two, it's probably working for you as well. Dude, I, I love the virtual lifestyle. I could work from anywhere. We mm-hmm. went to Puerto Rico for a month and yeah. oh Puerto Rico. I said Costa Rica. Damn. Yeah, I mean we didn't skip a beat. It was it's like you could work from anywhere when you're virtual. But mm-hmm. you know, getting back to the processes and the systems and the people, when I had the mortgage bank, the mistake I made back then is that I really didn't have my I had systems, but not nearly as good as they are now. They weren't dialed in. And whenever I had problems, I would throw a body, a person at the problem. I started loading bodies on instead of dealing with the issue at hand, which was there was a break in the system. So you'll hear a lot of people, entrepreneurs, they're touting online, you know, systems, systems, systems. Yes, you need systems, you need processes, but without the right people, your systems are shit. So you have to build out your systems, you have to build out your processes, then you have to have a hiring process to recruit the right people in, get the right people identified, put them into the right seats, give them the processes and the systems that they have to utilize, set the criteria and then let them run. Hold them accountable, you know, you have accountability calls, but let them do what they do. Don't micromanage and just let them grow. And for me, it's working. If I would have had this mindset, again, it only comes from experience and failing. If I would have had this mindset and this experience when I opened the mortgage bank, forget it. But everything happens for a reason. I wasn't supposed to go down that path anymore. You know, it was like, I didn't like the lifestyle of having 950 employees underneath my supervision. I didn't like working 18 hour days and flying all across the United States trying to raise money and go public. Like it was fun at the time, but when I look back, dude, I was like, I just, I would have done things different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done yeah. different. Well, so two things on that. One, uh, I want you to share your hiring process because I've heard. I've heard some of the, the craziness that you put people through, uh, the ringer that you put people through to get to it. But then obviously it weeds out those uh, that don't fit the bill. And then two, I think you were buying a place out in Puerto Rico, right? Like a hotel or something. something yeah, totally. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. So so a couple. So let's go back on the hiring part first. So the hotels and the houses, that's a story. Uh, <laughs> all right. So- on, uh, on the hiring side. So I believe systems, again, you want to try to leverage as technology as best as you can. And when you're hiring somebody, you want them to basically self-eliminate. And how do they do that? So the first thing I do, and I do this in every ad that I put out. Right now I'm hiring for construction workers. I'm using a similar format with the ad when, when I'm doing construction workers, sales guys, an assistant, a bookkeeper, doesn't matter who it is. They might have different things, different hoops they have to jump through. Because I'm not going to have a sales guy do the same thing as an executive assistant or a contractor do right. the same thing. But the basis of the ad is the same. And all the ads, my ad, all my friends make fun of me. They all said, you're an idiot. Who the hell is going to read it? I'll tell you who's going to read it. The people who want the freaking job is going to read it. The ones that don't want to work with me are going to make fun of it. The ones that are never going to follow directions are going to read half of it and get lost. And the ones that resonate with the language I'm using in these ads you know, it, it puts them in a trance and it connects with them and it sucks them into my world. And I literally, I have people banging down my door. When they go through the whole process, they're like, yo, I just want to come in and work with you. I want to work with your company. So what's different? The ad itself, it's not your normal ad. Qualifications, how many years, expertise, computer skills. It is me having a conversation in writing in an ad format to them of the type of person we're looking for, who this is meant for what they're going to gain when they work for us, the types of personalities we're looking for. If you have these qualities, and I'll go in detail, like if you are um, if you are a stickler for, and I can't remember the language I use, but it, I can't even remember, but if you do certain things and like this is the person we're looking for and it stands out, and then at the end of it, and these ads are long, like I'm talking pages. They're so long, I can't post them on LinkedIn or Facebook because it's too much copy. I have to actually cut some of it off. That's how long wow. Wow. But it does certain things. And then what I do from there, depending on who I'm marketing for, if it's a construction guy or a sales guy or an executive assistant, I'll have them self-eliminate by jumping through hoops. So in the ad, it gives them specific instructions. If it's a sales guy, I'm going to say in the ad, listen, 
if you think you're right for this position and you're an A player and you're going to knock it out of the ballpark, this is what I want you to do. Pick up this phone right now, dial this number, and on there, I want you to tell me in your words why you're the number one rock star sales guy we're looking for to bring you in. And guess what that's going to do? The guys who are weak, the girls who are weak, they're going to be like, I'm not going to call. Right. The ones who over the phone who think they're good and they call in and they have no personality, they're not able to sell me over the phone, they self-eliminate. The ones that don't follow instructions self-eliminate, but you get the cream of the crop by doing it. And then once they come in, there's a whole other process. You're going to take them through and do personality profiles. You're going to have them take certain tests. And then once they take all these various tests and they go through a very trying interview process, then and only then are they going to get um, accepted for the job. And it's like it's a self-eliminating campaign. And it works because my executive assistant, who is a rock star, the girl, she yo, she's fucking killer. <laughs> it, and she, you know, my, my, Nicole uses her like she is killing it. She and probably it was maybe three, 325 people that applied only 15 of the 325 followed directions the right way. So I just saved myself uh, all that bullshit time. I didn't have to do it. I dealt with 15 applications, top-notch applications. And then from the 15, I had them go through and take a personality profile test. I had a guy that does professional interviews. He knocked the 15 down to seven. So now I'm looking at seven resumes versus 325 weeding through the bullshit. If you're an executive assistant, you can't follow simple freaking directions on the first interview you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Why the hell would I want to hire you if you can't follow directions from the beginning? Yeah. Get around. Yeah. No, no I, I, I love it because you're setting the expectations, like without even saying you're setting the expectations. Correct. Right? You're, Correct. you're saying, here's kind of the bar. You can play at the bar. You cannot play at the bar because at the end of the day, it's it's this is the company I've built. These are the people we want to bring in. And you either hit that bar or you don't. Yeah. If you don't hit the bar, I love you're going to self-eject. I love it. Yeah, and even if they have that, they hit the bar and they have all the, they follow directions, but they don't have the right values and the right personality. They're out. You're yeah. out. You you got to be a match for the company. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it works. I would highly recommend anybody out there who's hiring, just look at the way I'm hiring, copy it. I got it from somebody years back. This guy was an internet marketer, and I heard him talk, and he said, "This is how I hired my first assistant." And I'm like, "Holy shit! Like this is." <laughs> phenomenal and right. then i took it they tweaked it and i added some of my own stuff and i just made it my own over the years and it works love it love it all, all right, right. Well, what about this the uh, the other story we're, yeah, we're waiting on that story. Second story. story all right so puerto rico god god i love puerto rico i can't wait to i'm going to be moving there full-time within three years so, i told my wife i was like because because Corey and i have talked about puerto rico and i costa said rica. Or costa rica yeah. i said billy's buying a hotel like that's cool like yeah. you could just live in the hotel if you really wanted to and so you found the right hotel, spot. Bro. i mean they're, they're like these places out there these are not you know 400 unit hotels these are 20 unit 25 right. unit just but boutique on the ocean overlooking everything so we went through we called it down to two plus a house and i ended up losing them all i because i'm i'm an investor i'm not gonna these right. are houses on so I, I have a criteria Right. I'm going through the whole thing. Nothing. I couldn't make the deals work. And I'm like, look, I'm not playing on emotion. I'm not going to keep on bidding myself up. It's not worth it. The numbers, if the numbers work, the numbers work. We're either going to get it at this number or I'm going to pass and move on to the next one. So this this time we went out there for a month. Close. Very close. No cigar. But you know what? This is the next time. I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush because I can't move there immediately. So when the right opportunity comes, we're going to be ready for it. You guys will hope when I got the hotel, we're going to start yeah. having like, masterminds out there, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. We might have to go check it out, make sure it's all good, and have a little podcast studio there. That's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I, I didn't realize it didn't go through, but I love yeah. that you, even though you're emotional to move, you were not emotional of that decision. I love that. No, no way. When it comes down to, investing and everything to me is an investment it's got the numbers have to make sense i'm not gonna just buy it on emotional you know my, my emotional heartstrings and just because i need it i don't need it if the numbers work and this is my cap and if it's going to go over i'm not going to do it and it's the same thing with residential real estate here when we're buying even the commercial real estate we have we have a drug rehab center an old age facility we invested in the numbers have to work if the numbers don't work it's a pass on the deal you try to negotiate best you can but the market 
there, just like here, it's so freaking hot right now. It's like the wrong time really to buy, to be honest with you, because everybody's overbidding, man. Okay. I got a story about that. So my wife and I, we were moving back to Colorado and we left before marijuana was legal. So we came back and all of a sudden there's pot shops like everywhere. It's crazy. And, but you, they were buying houses to make their money legal, buying and selling houses, buying and selling houses. Right. Yep. Um, so we found this house out over by Corey. It was up uh, in, in that part of town. And I freaking loved the house, but we were getting outbid by everybody, everybody. And this house I wanted. <laughs> right. And so we offered him 25,000 over asking. Yep. My wife was not happy about it. And she goes, if you like it, we'll get it. The guy countered me, Billy. He countered me back at 10,000 more. I go, time out, dude. Like, you don't get to do that. Like, I don't understand. Like, here's your number. I gave you this much more. So now I'm pulling the deal and I'm not, I'm not interested anymore. And that was yeah. the hardest thing I had to do. The house we did end up buying, funniest story, I found it on a coming soon ad. Cause that's everything in Colorado was coming yep. soon. They'd pump it for it a couple weeks. Yep. yep. And then it would skyrocket and no one could touch it. Right. So we get, we get to, you know, I'm seeing that and I go, I'm going to call the realtor. I go, Hey, I'm in town this weekend only. I know I can't see it till next weekend. If I can't see it this weekend, I'm not here next weekend. So I'm not even going to bid. I go, so I would like to at least see it before, you know, I'm going to bid because I wouldn't even be in town, which was all BS. So I, I come in and I look at the house and it's exactly what my wife wanted. And I call the realtor goes, well, what do you think? I go, I hate it. I hate it. I'm not interested. I'm not going to do it. She goes, okay. So I call, I waited about two hours. I called her back. I go, my wife was talking to me. She kind of likes the house. I'm not interested in the house. So I'm just going to do this as a favor to her. This is the only deal you're going to get from me. It's a thousand over asking. If you put it on the market, you'll never hear from me again. The deal is today or never. You and they it. took it. <laughs> they took it. But it's about the way you posture because you yeah. came in with confidence. And yeah. there's a whole psychological thing that goes on with that. And you just acted as if, and you took your whole emotional piece out of it, which is what we're talking about. When you do anything on emotion, the other people see it, they sense it, and they will knock you to your knees. So you got to take the emotional part out of everything and just like straight faced. Yeah. This oh, is it. Was it. Hard. it was hard because the other side of the story, Billy, my wife was like literally about to give birth to our second child. And we were staying at her dad's house and she yeah. goes, I swear, if I have this baby at my dad's house, I'm going to be so mad. We moved into this house. The first thing I did was paint the baby's room, finish the baby's room, put the baby's room together. That's the next day Phelan was born. <laughs> Timing, baby. It was oh, the craziest timing. thing. But so, so in that type of market, because I, I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway, in that kind of market, is there a, still a space where you can get homes, how you get homes to help people? I mean, so great question. We're right now, and you guys are in Colorado? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I, it's probably like that there because it seems like it's like this around the whole country right now, except for the major cities. The market is completely on fire. I've never seen it this hot before in my entire life. And, you know, there's people who post on Facebook, I just got 30,000 over asking for my house. Like everybody's getting over asking because that's just the market right now. There's no inventory. Um, but to answer your question, we're still buying properties under value. So the way the play for me in this day and age is when we're going in, you can no longer just buy a property if it's worth three, buy it for 200, put in 30,000 and make yourself a quick 100,000 if it's worth four. You have to come in, you have to add value. Right. So these are all value add plays. Very little of the of the deals that are coming out right now, very small portion of them, you're going to be able to go in, just do a little renovation to them and make some good cash. So right now it's about adding second stories. It's about expanding out the back. It's about knocking them down and repurposing the whole entire piece of land. So this steel deals there. You just need to have the vision to figure out how you can best capitalize on the deals, on the, the real estate deals that are coming across your desk. And some of them, they don't need anything. Like we got... We just had a property around the corner. We closed on it last week. I did a, a short video on it. The guy 
It's legitimately worth, and it's as is condition. It's a five-bedroom, three-bath, might be a four-bedroom, three-bath, 3,000-square-foot 3, home, minted out. Kitchen is a little old. When I say a little old, maybe 10, 10, 10 years old. This guy sold the property for four and a quarter. Uh, he left every article that he owned except for his personal clothes in the home. His wife died five years, five years earlier. He was holding on to the house. He couldn't emotionally get rid of it. And this is another guy, like I told you the story earlier, he, yeah. this gentleman, we told him, list it, you'll get it. He says, I don't want to list it. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want people coming through my home. I don't want to fix anything. I don't even want to take any of the furniture out. I just want you to make me a cash offer. I go, I wouldn't even know where to start. He gave me the number, 425. I go, you can get a whole hell of a lot more on the market. He goes, I don't want to be bothered. I'm happy with the number. Could you close in 30 days? So that property is going to net us $175,000. Yeah, exactly. way to clean it out. I mean, so the deals are there. You just have to, again, you need to be smart with your marketing. You need to be transparent with your sellers. You need to tell them exactly what's going on. Put them in a better position. Just be transparent. Talk to them. Don't sell them. Talk with them. Just have conversation. When you have conversation with people, stuff comes out. And if you, if that stuff comes out, it's a problem that you can solve. If you solve that problem, that's where you get your deals because they don't look at you as a salesperson. You're a problem solver, and problem solvers put people in a better position regardless of the price. Price is important, but not to everybody. It's important to 25% of the people we come in contact with. The rest of them is a problem that they want a solution to. And so in this market, second stories, extensions off the back, but there's still deals you can make. You just have to know how to go about getting them. And there's a whole process that you have to go through to identify those sellers that are going to want to sell their property and sell their property for cash. Like We spend a lot of money on a data scientist to figure this shit out for us, to really take the whole population of where we're living, either New York or New Jersey, and boil it down. And he'll say, like these 10,000 homes in all this whole area, these are the ones that have the highest propensity to sell and to sell for cash at a discount. And this is the reason why. And that's like, you spend a lot of money to get that, but when you have the marketing systems to market to those types of sellers, and you can get them on the phone, and you can converse with them, and you could show them there is a better way and you're it's a win for them and a win for you dude i'm telling you that i don't care how the market's going you just have to you said before you have to roll with it you need to like always reinvent yourself we're always reinventing and we're always like not looking at what's happening we're looking at what's going on what's the future going to hold and we're always at one step ahead of the curve yeah hey corey can i say one thing because i know it's your turn but but i'm totally interrupting because he well he mentioned something that i remember listening to the podcast and it made me click and I started talking to my wife about it. So there was a, there was a house. It was a ranch house you bought and you were talking about comps and there was no comps in this neighborhood for other ranches at all. And I was like, God, that's crazy. This person, it was the only ranch house that was built. Blah blah blah. That's where my mind went. Your mind went to exactly what was happening. People were buying houses and adding second stories to it. Yep. So you couldn't find a comp of a ranch because there was no second story. So the only way to have a comp is include a second story and then you have a comp. And yep. I was like, oh my gosh, I told my wife, I go, this is crazy. Like who would have even thought of it? And then I told Corey, and then that's when we got in the argument about he misses editing your show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So I, I bet I, ha I have an idea of what your answer might be. Uh, so I'm going to say it in hindsight, 14 million in debt, st just started, started to climb and claw your way back. Uh, what's that tip that you would share with everybody here listening or watching today? Uh, and my guess in, in case it's this one, maybe you have something else, uh, is the MFA is the, the take action so, on all the little stuff. So, you know what, Corey, you would think that's what I would say. But if I go back and I bring myself to the time when I literally was holding $14 million on my back and I had multiple lawsuits and I had things going on that when you experience, and listen, everybody has their own challenges. Thank God my health was good. So it wasn't a health thing that I had cancer and I had to overcome it. But when you're dealing with that much debt and that much uncertainty and you have bank accounts locked up, houses being foreclosed on, car getting repoed, like it really puts a, a ton of weight on somebody's shoulders. So I'd be lying to you if I said, Corey, man, it's all about MFA and I just made it happen in massive fucking action. I'd be lying because the truth of the matter is I was so beat up 
from 2006 to 2009, I couldn't get out of my own way. And what really got me to the next level was just starting to take small action. Because when you're dealing with the weight of the world on your shoulders and you have, and you, it seems like the world is against you and you can't get out of bed in the morning, it's, it's hard to listen to a motivational speaker when you have your head, when you're on your knees praying to God that you're gonna get out of this, it's almost impossible for you, to, for you to listen to that motivational guy saying, take MFA, you're like, F you, dude, there's no way to get out of bed. It's true. So yeah, no. this isn't the answer, but I just, it's, you know, there's a bunch of things I would do, but to address that, it's not MFA. It's wherever you're at in life, at whatever stage you're at, whether you're at on your knees praying for God that you that you have a miracle happen, or you're rocking and rolling, depending on where you're at on that on that on that continuum, you're going to take a different action. So for me, when I was down and out, it was just taking small, consistent steps. It was doing something to get myself going. Something, something is anything. And for me, like at one point, it was just literally taking a shower in the morning because I went fucking almost a couple of weeks with no shower. I would not shower because I was so like. Disgusting, I know, but it's the truth. I couldn't get out of my own way because I was so depressed and I had such the weight on my shoulders. So depending on where you're at, it's going to depend on what you're going to do. But in hindsight, I think one of the things that people have to do is they need to act faster. So to save that company that went out of business, I should have acted faster. I ran with my heart, not with my head. Um, I think that if, you know, getting back out of this, I believe that all it is is making a decision and then making a commitment and then doing something daily to go forward. And you have to realize, no matter what you're going to do, and I said this in my podcast a hundred times, you're going to fail, you're going to F up, you're going to screw up, you're going to lose. All of those are experiences, learning experiences to get yourself to the next level. And when I made my decision in 2009 to take this path that I'm on, it wasn't easy. It wasn't overnight. Like Things are great. It was hard freaking work daily. But I refused, and this is the mindset piece that came into play. I refused to quit. And when you get that in your head, whenever you tell yourself enough, you will start to believe it, and your whole body will change. Your physiology will change. You will act as if until you actually become it. And it's a, it's a sick thing, but this piece, this mind, this brain thing up here, it is the most powerful thing in the world. And if you can program yourself to get yourself to that next level, I don't care where you're at. It's And again, it's not going to be easy. I'm not sitting here saying it's easy. It's a walk in a park. It's not. It's fucking hard work. It's grinding and hard work and getting beat up and getting said no and thinking that things are going sideways. It's just every single day getting up and making something happen and knowing that you, you your shit's going to go sideways, but just knowing that you're going to constantly go forward. I know that was a long-winded response, Corey, but I mean – I'd be lying to you if I said it was MFA. No, and, and again, but that goes back to how genuine you are because I would have guessed that was the answer too. Like, <laughs> honestly, right? And and if you told us the answer, we would have all said, yep, that was the answer because that makes sense. But that was vulnerable. That was real. That was awesome. And I think that's why you are so successful in what you're doing and why people are coming to partner with you. And that kind of leads me into, I know there's people listening I know you're focused on New York and New Jersey, but how can people connect with you? How can they get involved with you? How can they get into your world? Yeah, absolutely. So all over social media, Unstoppable BA, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. If you want to partner with me, if you have deals, you want to start partner. If you're a wholesaler, a renovator, if you need cash, go to BillyAlvaro.com. Again, simple, BillyAlvaro.com. On there, it's learn, partner, invest with Billy. Choose one of those. Now, the whole learn with Billy. I had a whole platform two years ago that I did one-on-ones. The one-on-one -on -one thing just took a lot of energy. So I'm building out a platform to teach one to many. And that is going to be coming out where I'm going to teach them. They're going to get Billy in a box, all me, genuine, give my secrets like deep shit. And then from there, they'll have a basis where they can actually start part with me because they, I at least want somebody to have a little understanding of what they're doing. You know, it's hard when they come in with raw and you have to train from the beginning. Right. Love so it. so when uh, when can Ron and I sign up to yeah. learn with? We Billy? just go to the learn the invest or the partner with that. You guys have my cell phone, man. All you guys have is call me. I was on um, whose podcast was I just on? You, you guys did him. Uh, Tony. Uh, Tony's podcast. I was on Tony, right? Because yeah. I was on yeah. So Tony's like, you know, afterwards we I did his podcast. Like, yo, I, I just I want to do this. I'm like, Tony, I did a three day event. 
I, I have everything recorded. I'll give you everything for free. Just give me your email address. My girl in the office will take it. So I, if you guys want the same thing, three days, it's like you'll get 80% of the stuff that you need to get you started in real estate, the, like deep marketing systems, the secrets, the tricks, all the crap. Like I did this three-day event. I should have charged 5000 I charged like 297 and I just gave, dude. I just like gave, and it was the best. Thing you got goosebumps, man! Holy smokes! Well, yeah. it was so good. It was just so much fun giving like that, you know. Yeah. Well, it's amazing, and you know, we have stories upon stories. And if you're listening to the show, you've heard me talk about it. If you give without expecting in something in return, we had one one client. Literally, what was it? One hundred ninety-seven dollars client, and I spent hours with him because he thought he accomplished something to be on iTunes. He, he didn't use us for the launch. He just wanted a logo and he kept saying he was on iTunes. And I was like, dude, you're, you're not on iTunes. Like I, you're not there. And he goes, I go, did you get, you know, submitted and stuff? He goes, Oh, you have to submit. I go, what do you, yeah, yeah, you have to submit. So I'm up till like one in the morning getting this done. My wife's like, what are you doing? I go, He's a really nice guy. He's, you know, an older gentleman. And I finally go, hey, just give me all your login information. I know we just met. Just give me everything and I'll set you up. I'll just set you up. You'll be good to go. Didn't charge him anything for that. Just it was the right thing to do. He was happy. He's referred over 20 grand. Easy yeah. to in, in referrals and nice guy. But again, that kind of stuff happen, happens over and over and over again. And people are so afraid to just give. And, and I'm telling you, one, it will make the world a better place. And that's why we changed our hashtag to impactors because we only want to help people that are trying to impact the world in a better way. Yep. Right. Everybody wants to make money for a reason. We've turned people away that come to us that want to work with us. And all they want to do is make money. Like we're not, the, we're not the people to work with. Like <laughs> if that's all you want, like yeah. money's great, but if you have to be in it for other people and want to help other people and want Generally. to make it a better place in a yeah. good spot, you know, and, and you fit that a hundred percent and we love working that's with you. We get along, guys, because yeah. we're, you know, we live in different parts of the world, but we're on the same paths. You yeah. know, we have similar values. We have similar drives. We're, we're all entrepreneurs and we don't give a shit. We all care. Right. And it makes a difference. People know when you really care and they, they sense it. You can't, you can't hide it. It's going to come out. It, they're going to feel it. And you ever, you ever around somebody where, you know, you're saying one thing and you, and they're saying the words, but you're looking at them and you're like, I'm not getting that vibe. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't, I'm not getting what you're selling right now. And <laughs> when you're around somebody though, who's genuine, like you feel it, you see right. it. When they're, when they're speaking to you, you can feel their passion. And like, you you know, they want to genuinely help somebody and put them in a better position. Look, I love getting paid for what I do. I love it, but I give more. But the sick thing is just like you said, it's coming back to me tenfold. Yep. So exactly. why am I not gonna, I'm gonna give as much as I can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get tenfold back. I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get the bigger dollars instead of the, the pennies that I'm gonna yeah. be holding on to. Yeah, love it. So yeah, I, have one, I have one last question for you, Billy. You've had several people on the on your show that they do real estate all over the country, uh, and and you you you're really it seems to be in the New York New Jersey area. Is there a specific reason you haven't really ventured nationwide? Or so or you're you're uh, you're hitting on something right now. You must have ESP because we just had this conversation. We are really figuring out how we can take this thing nationally, and I'm speaking with a bunch of different people now. I'm not going to do it where I'm renovating because I don't want to have the, it's a lot with contractors. I said that in, in the opening or right beforehand, it's a lot managing the company with contractors. So on the renovation side, it's going to stick in a few different areas. But if I do partnerships with people who can renovate and we have the capital and we can put the money to work with them and do a 50, 50 joint, vent, joint venture split in other States. I mean, yeah, so it's definitely something where, it's, we're not committed to it, but we're seriously looking at it right now to see if this is something we want to go down. Because look, I have lawfully goals. You know, the, the, the wholesale and the renovation company, it's crushing it. I want to get to that $10 million mark with that business. But on the flip side, with the apartment investing, like I want to acquire 5,000 units over the next 10 years. And 
I got to get my ass in gear. So this is the reason why like I'm out working again and I'm making shit happen. I'm physically right now actively looking for an operational COO type individual that can come in and oversee and help me run all the companies that we have so I can extract myself and go do the other things that I really have a passion for. But I don't want to just leave the company as it is. I need a person that's going to have that that drive to run this business for me, the COO, the implementer, the, yeah, that, that particular person. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah. Okay. So good. All right. So uh, I don't know, Ron, if he'll come to Colorado because Colorado's real estate is crazy. I, was saying, I, go to real estate I may know college. a guy in Colorado, really. I may know it. Maybe like, one. Or two. I can probably get I, over the asking price of my home right now. So uh, it's, it's we bought this house. We bought we bought this house five years ago. It's doubled in price. What? That's insane. Yeah, I got a dude out in uh, Colorado, Michael Jake. I'm friends with him, and uh, super super guy. He's in one of the groups that I'm in, and he's crushed it out there. I mean, that, I think he has close to 300 rentals. Out in Colorado, like his whole play is buy, hold. He does a lot of creative financing, subject to like really smart, smart individuals. So there's deals out there, but depending on where you go, like right. you know, right. you got to go sometimes a little bit of the outskirts. You're not going to be going to Val and shit and stuff. Like no, that. no, no, <laughs> not going to go where the cabin is in Aspen. Not going. Yeah, go. no. <laughs> All right, Billy, we appreciate it. Uh, let everybody know exactly where to find you again. I know Billy's Secrets and BillyAlvera.com. Yeah, so Anything else? Yeah, oh, just, oh, oh yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think this is the, the second floor, but no, that's good. BillyAlvaro.com for sure. Billy Secrets, if you want to learn all my tools, tips, and tricks, you go right there. And then also Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Unstoppable BA. And that is where we're at. Awesome. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Billy. It's been awesome uh, having a conversation. It's been a while. So, uh, it's nice yeah. to have you here. Good to see you, Corey. Ronnie, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate the both of you. All right. Take care. All right, everybody. I hope you got some gold from that because uh, even if you're not in real estate, if you're an entrepreneur in some way, Billy laid down some nuggets that I hope you all picked up. And, uh, you know, uh, I assume, Ron, you've got one or two to, to share and remind the people of what I, uh, they could take away today. I was taking a whole bunch of notes, man. Like so much notes. Like you're talking and, your girlfriend or something. I didn't well, know. You know, sometimes I Googled myself and I'm dying. So it got to be careful. Um, all right. So uh, the one thing that he talked about, and I think this really helps entrepreneurs. And we we've talked about this multiple times is owning your traffic, right? So he had a whole database expert and really helped him where it was at. And no matter what was going on in the world, he still had his own traffic. He still had his own list. He still had the people that he can connect with, right? And he went right back to it when times got tough and it made his company explode in a way that I'm sure he knew it was going to go that way. But anybody that's in the entrepreneurial space can do the exact same thing. Keep the traffic, keep a database of it, understand what they are, who they, how you can help them, how you can serve them. Uh, so a fraction of the cost, basically. Yes is what that turned into. Yep. And the other one was make decisions and make daily small steps to get towards those decisions. You have to have a decision or you're never going to get to where you want to go. Make a decision. Don't look back. Keep going for it and posture yourself into that. Because the mindset, like, what was it? Josh Forty was sharing this and it still blew my mind. Your mind doesn't know any different than what you're telling it. So if you want to change something, Wake up and just change it because guess what? It's changed. If it's changing your mind, it's harder because you have it stuck in your mind. Right. But if you right. just change it, that's the reality now going forward. Yeah. And then, you know, on, on the small action piece, right? Like a st small daily steps, the momentum at some point will shift yep. to where it becomes massive action at that point, right? Because the worst thing you can do is take no action. But my favorite piece today is without the right people, your systems are shit, yeah. right? So at the end of the day, it's great to have systems and processes in place. And it's important to do all that to get it in place. But without the right people, 
your systems are shit. So take the time to hire the right people. Take the time to, as you need and bring on people to your team, make sure they fit, right? Make sure they embody the brand. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Help. I loved how he said he set the expectations. Yeah. Right from the get-go. Here's the expectations. These are the people I want. And you know what? It's not about feelings because you don't know half these people. But 300 people to try to interview for an executive assistant job. Oh, my gosh. Like, we just went through that. We would blow our head off. Like, there was seven. Seven yeah. good ones that he could dial in that he knew could follow directions. Like, if you're working with Billy, you got to be someone that's moving, moving, right? So that person, and I know who she is, she's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so much for watching. And uh, if you're not watching in our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over to our Profits with Facebook group. We would love to see you there. And, uh, you know, we actually do a little member spotlight every Friday, 1030 Mountain Time. So come on in and come on the show. Let's showcase you in our group. All right, guys. Take care. Go make an impact. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic and get more sales. That's right, Ron. And every time someone is in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks, and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcasts, your vodcasts, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community.